The work-from-home revolution resulting from the COVID-19 pandemic has brought about some of the most dramatic changes ever thrust on leaders. Moving from seeing and speaking personally to direct reports almost every day to occasionally connecting online in conference calls or on Zoom is a significant change. Today, Jack Sanger joins me to offer a checklist to guide managers as they take on the new challenge of effectively leading teams virtually. Welcome to The 90th Percentile, an unconventional leadership podcast by Zenger Folkman. Each week, using research from over 1.5 million global leaders, we analyze different leadership traits, trends, and what it really takes for leaders to get to the 90th percentile. I'm your host, Brianna Corin, and with me today is my friend and leadership guru, Jack Zenger. Nice to be with you on this podcast. As a note to our listeners, I wanted to invite you to follow Jack on LinkedIn if you're not already doing so. He posts a lot of great podcast updates and lively leadership discussions, and he will even answer your messages if you send him one. We love to hear your feedback about our show and any topics you want us to discuss in the future. Now, I have been working from home part-time with small children for eight years years. So when everyone finally joined me this spring, it was really satisfying for me. Now, everyone could understand the distractions, the lack of access to information, and how hard it can be to get an answer quickly from someone because you can't pop into their office. And while being able to work from home is a blessing for some and a curse for others, there is definitely some challenges and things to get used to when working virtually. And for the leader who has a group of people all working from home, I imagine that challenge has increased. So Jack, what's different about virtual team leadership? Well, I think there's a lot. There is obviously less personal contact. You know, no longer does the manager kind of informally and casually contact their subordinates you know, in the lunchroom or by the water cooler. Nearly all interactions need to be planned. While the manager who is kind of located near, nearby could frequently observe a subordinate working and including the time when they came to work and when they left and how they functioned during the day, now there's no visual data. Uh, this demands a high level of trust and it works best when the manager possesses an assumption about the subordinates' strong work ethic and, and their commitment to the organization's objectives. You know, while some jobs have built-in measures of productivity and performance, honestly, the great majority have much more obscurity about them. Interesting. There are definitely some jobs where the transition to virtual was, you're right, probably not as difficult. But I imagine for managers, it was really challenging because some of your team members might not thrive well in a virtual environment, and now they have to be there. Yes, you know, we've received several requests for some research on what leaders can do to better manage remote employees. And, you know, while our research is not extensive, we have conducted a, a small study for an IT function. This involved comparing 360-degree assessment ratings of leaders who worked remotely from their 99 subordinates and comparing them with leaders of 119 subordinates who worked in the same physical location with their colleagues. 
senior management anticipated that the remote employees would be more critical of their managers, that they'd be less engaged in their work. Ironically, <laughs> the results showed that those who worked remotely gave their leaders significantly higher ratings. Really? The employees of the remote leaders were actually more engaged in their work than the subordinates of the co-located managers. Some might argue that the, this merely illustrates the old observation that absence makes the heart grow fonder. <laughs> While we choose to think it's a little more complicated than that, maybe being remote demands that greater trust be exhibited. What I think is great is you were able to take these two groups of leaders, the ones working virtually and the ones working at the office, and compare them to find key skills that enabled them to be more successful working virtually. Now, it's important to note that this research was done before the pandemic, but you have combined your research findings with some current observations to create an up-to-date list of the behaviors that will best describe the most effective virtual leaders. We will now present to you the Checklist of Excellent Virtual Leadership Practices. By the way, I love checklists. There is something extremely satisfying about crossing something off. Checklists are valuable reminders of practices that are easy to forget when a person gets busy or complacent. Pilots fly more safely when they use a checklist. Surgeons experience fewer infections when they follow a checklist. I remember to buy milk at the grocery store when I use a checklist. Well, Bree, I'm also a, a huge fan. Uh, years ago, a man named Atul Gawande wrote a book called The Checklist Manifesto. And it greatly renewed my con conviction about the value of a list and what that does to create consistent habits. This checklist is a series of questions we will invite you to ask yourself. Your honest answers will guide you to areas where you might ideally refine your behavior. Okay, the first one is, how frequently do you contact your team members? At least once or twice a week? Do you assume that each person needs slightly different interactions? When you make that call, do you convey your interest in them personally and your sincere concern about how they're doing? Our research showed that the most effective leaders take the initiative, and that begins with reaching out to their colleagues to communicate regularly with them. So just one tip too, when on the telephone or on a video call especially, remove all distractions, you know, close your laptop. Leaders can really sense when you are not focused or not attentive. So be present. Yeah. And on the flip side, if your boss isn't reaching out to you, then send an email to them. Some of these managers are managing a lot of people, and it was much easier to check in when they were all in one place. Take the initiative and report on your day or week. That kind of initiative and reporting back sends a powerful signal of your productivity and performance. Number two, do you encourage your team members to suggest and make changes? Do you remind them of their decision-making sphere? Do you celebrate their successes? Make sure that they have the necessary equipment and resources for their job. Do you assure them of your confidence in them? Our research basically confirmed that championing change 
was a very differentiating behavior. I think championing change has certainly taken center stage this year. And one industry that has truly surprised me is education. I dare say that education is not known for change, but watching schools and universities, principals, and more importantly, what teachers are doing to adapt and make online and in-person learning successful for kids and young adults is remarkable. But like you discussed with those questions, in order for these teachers to thrive in this new environment, they need leaders who will champion this change and ask them the right questions and empower them and make sure they have what they need to do the work they need to do. The next question to add to your checklist is about strategy. The question is, are your team members clear about the organization's strategy and how their goals link to it? Jack, how often does an organization's strategy and goals shift? You know, generally speaking, not that often from the leader's perspective. But, you know, from the frontline employee's point of view, it may seem like strategy shifts more often. Because if a decision or a directive doesn't seem to fit their conception of the strategy, then it's easy for the employee to conclude that the strategy has changed. And that's Mm -hmm. often because the leader hasn't explained how this recent decision fits the strategy. Hasn't. The COVID-19 pandemic caused many organizations' strategy to shift? Absolutely. Very few organizations have escaped major changes in their strategy. This is why it's necessary right now, especially for leaders, to periodically ask others to summarize their understanding of the organization's goals and and their line of sight between what they're doing um, and, and the overall strategy of the organization. One of the most powerful behaviors, according to our research, was the leader's effectiveness in ensuring that the strategy was clear to everyone. I do find it intriguing that we can all manage to find a lot of work to do that doesn't align with the organization's strategy and goals. It's kind of sad how easily we drift off course, so this is a great reminder. Okay, the next item on our list is a bit more mundane. Uh, And the question is, Are you comfortable using some of the new video conferencing technology? Meetings are greatly enhanced if the leader is comfortable in using the technology to facilitate interaction. For example, as a leader, do you you use chat rooms and polls and breakout sessions? These can really add vitality and variety to the meetings, and, and shorter, more frequent meetings are becoming the new norm. For shorter interactions that are more sensitive, are you using a team messaging platform like Slack or Microsoft Teams or other very effective ways to communicate? You know, there was a recent HBR article about remote working and the authors talked about establishing the rules of engagement. They stressed that managers hold the responsibility to set the expectation for the frequency, means, and ideal timing of communication for their teams. And I liked that term, rules of engagement, (laughs) maybe because it sounded more like a duel than telling people you respond better to a text than an email. But when managers can clarify the rules of, for how teams communicate together and apart, they'll be much more effective and probably much less frustrated. The next item to add to your checklist is, is about a point of information that you should be certain to communicate to your team. Specifically, it is 
does your team have confidence in and, and, and knowledge of your efforts to represent their interests to the larger organization? You know, if remote colleagues know that they have someone in the firm's leadership who is their advocate and their champion, that leader's influence rises. Do you deliberately practice inspiring leadership? Uh, do you ask them for feedback about your leadership behavior? Are, are your energy and enthusiasm contagious to others? Leaders can inspire people in a variety of ways. We encourage you to find a way to inspire that, and fits, that really fits your personality. The main thing is that your subordinates know that you care about them, that you represent them, that you support them. Another example would be, do you express interest in each team member's development? You know, with all the other distractions going on, especially in this period of, of the pandemic, it's easy to forget about the importance of development. But many people have more discretionary time today than they've ever had. It's a perfect time for improving skills and knowledge. Remind your colleagues of your commitment to them and encourage them to take time for their personal development. The last checklist item is, do you encourage your team's collaboration within the larger organization? Do you act as the link to other staff activities or to other operating groups within the firm? Our research at Zanger Folkman shows that the most effective leaders for remote subordinates are more prone to encourage collaboration with the rest of the organization and show little tolerance for competition within the firm. You know, before the pandemic, close to a quarter of the U.S. workforce worked from home at least part of the time. Now we're seeing this, this changes and, and that this change will become permanent for many companies. More than 60% are working from home all or part of the time. In many ways, managing virtual teams has become more difficult but we will continue to learn and find the best ways to lead others in this new format. We hope this checklist will help you identify one or two areas where there's an opportunity to become an even more effective virtual leader in your organization. The 90th Percentile, an unconventional leadership podcast was written and recorded by Brianna Corrin and Jack Zenger and produced by Zenger Folkman. If you're interested in learning more about Zanger Folkman's award-winning 360 assessments, leadership, and coaching offerings, or would like to attend our monthly leadership webinar series hosted by Jack Zanger and Joe Folkman, visit our website at zangerfolkman.com. If you like our podcast, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher, and leave us a five-star review. All resources and links to the research referenced in this episode can be found in the episode details or on our podcast page on zangerfolkman.com.